All right now, if we're honest, reading the Bible consistently can be a challenge, but it's never too late to start, and we're in this together. This is the Join the Journey podcast. Thanks for joining. This is Hannah Stobbs from the Join the Journey team. And today we're looking at a 5,000-foot overview of the book of Nehemiah. Now, I know we just finished reading the book of Nehemiah and our reading plan with Join the Journey, but this is a great podcast to fall back on of what is a high level of the book of Nehemiah. And friends, this is not a book in the Bible to gloss over as we see a powerful petition for God to move, a prayer-filled miracle in the lives of Israel, and a faith-filled leader in Nehemiah as he found the Lord to be his strength. But first, let's talk high level. In chronological order, this book is the sequel to the book of Ezra, pairing these two books together. The book of Nehemiah was likely written between 445 and 420 BC. The key word for the book of Nehemiah is the word walls, seeing that the book of Nehemiah tells the narrative of the walls of Jerusalem being rebuilt. So Nehemiah, what are we talking about? Walls, basically the whole time. But just to make sure we're all on the same page, we have to remember where we're at in Israel's story way before this, don't forget. David was king of Israel, reigning in glory and power. Then Solomon was king, then Rehoboam. But under Rehoboam, Israel splits into two separate countries, Judah and Israel. One horrible king after the other runs the nation of Israel into the ground, living in sin. This does not force God's hand of judgment, but their sinful actions are what enacts the later part of God's covenant with Israel. The later part being this, if Israel did not follow God's instruction, then they would be punished and overtaken. And that's exactly what happens. Israel and Judah are taken over due to their sinful actions. Israel by Assyria and Judah by Babylon. And Judah's in exile for about 70 years. So that's what catches us up to where we're at in Nehemiah. The book opens with Nehemiah appealing to the covenant that God has given Moses. An important note here is that Nehemiah does something quite powerful as a leader and as a person. And we see it throughout the book. He owns up to the disobedience of the people of Israel and his own disobedience. Sometimes as leaders, when people we lead make mistakes, we can talk about people as separate from ourselves, saying things like, these people always do this, or they always make these mistakes. Instead of realizing that we are capable of making these same mistakes, no one's better than or above any mistake. Nehemiah owns up that even him and his family have sinned. Listen to verse 6 of chapter 1. So Nehemiah 1, 6 says this, Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you, even I and my father's house have sinned. This is a theme we see throughout the book, Nehemiah leading the people of Israel with humility and trust in God. As the book continues, Nehemiah is given special permission to go back to Israel and to lead in the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. The building plan was faced with opposition, opposition at the wall being built, opposition at Nehemiah's overall leadership. But again, there's a singular verse here that stands out to me about Nehemiah's determination and grit, another theme we see in the book. When opposition arises, this is Nehemiah's response to two men trying to stop the work. Nehemiah 6.3 says this, And I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why would the work stop while I leave it to come down to you? Listen again to that middle section of that verse. He says, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. What a statement to say to his enemies that are trying to stop him and thwart the work that God is doing. I can think of so many times in my own walk with Jesus where I'm doing what I would consider a good work, being faithful, but I'm faced with being discouraged the friendship's struggling, the people aren't happy with the way I'm living my life. There's just an overall theme of disappointment, one thing after the other, when I'm seemingly doing all the right stuff, similar to Nehemiah. 
And my dad has consistently pointed me to this verse. I've had on so many phone calls him calling and telling me, you were doing a good work, Hannah Stobbs, and you cannot come down. And my dad reminded me that Nehemiah was doing a good work and would not come down. In the same way, I have confidence in the Lord to continue to do a good work he's given me, even though the good work I'm doing now is very different than the one that Nehemiah was doing. Philippians 1.6 says this, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. The calling on Nehemiah's life was for him to lead the people of Israel in rebuilding the temple. And God sustained him through that work. Friend, God will help lead and sustain you where he's placed you. And the miracle of this work that Nehemiah does is that the entire wall was built in 52 days. 52, five, two days. That's a miracle. Just heads up for some context, in America, the average home is built in about seven months. That's 212 days. So in the time that we take to build one home, Nehemiah could have built the wall for Israel about four times. We have Nehemiah leading a whole group of people to build a 2.4 mile long wall, eight feet deep, 12 feet high. Guys, this is a miracle that God used these people to do. Don't get caught up in all of the numerical stuff. Get caught up in the fact that God performed a miracle through his people. And the book wraps up with Ezra reading the law, the people of Israel confessing sins, leaders being put in place, and Nehemiah handling some problems in the community. The overall takeaway we need to have in studying the book of Nehemiah is twofold. The faithfulness of God is seen in him bringing his covenant people back to his covenant land of Israel. Friends, do not lose how amazing this is. God brought his people back to the sacred promised land, gave them a leader to help them build this wall, and then protected them in spite of loud and intimidating opposition. Nehemiah is a great example of a godly leader, leading the people in the joy of the Lord being their strength. He says this in Nehemiah 8, 9 through 10. And Nehemiah, who was governor, and Ezra, the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people of Israel, this is what they say, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the Lord. Guys, think about that. They heard the word of God being read, and they cried in light of hearing it. Verse 10, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to the Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. As believers today, we can look to Jesus as being our ultimate strength, and we can find our rest and joy in Him. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.